Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield, also known as Titties on the Streets. That's what my homies call me. If you're not familiar with this show, if this is your first time listening, this is a podcast where we talk about sports, we talk about politics, we talk about drama, we rank things, we sometimes try to catch a pedophile. You name it, if it's going on in the world and I think it needs to be talked about, I'm going to talk about it. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe because I can use a download every week. Much appreciated. And if you're, you know, been listening to every episode, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for that. Thank you for helping me try to pursue a dream. But let's get into today's show. Um, got a couple news topics. Um, I'm going to go, <clears throat> got my top five, one love, one hate, changing that up a little bit. I'm not hating on things anymore. I've ran out of things to hate. And it's not good to hate things in the world. You know, God teaches us not to hate. So, I'm just not going to hate on things because I pretty much run out of stuff that I that are on the top of mind that I hate. Maybe every now and then I might bring it back. Who knows? And then we're going to get into the Sweet 16 matchups. Who I think is going to win those. Gambling advice. We'll go back to the trend. See, you know, if you want to put a favorite down at this point in the tournament, who the best team to put a favorite is on. You know, maybe even do a, a new Final Four since mine was pretty much busted last week after Arizona and then Illinois both lost in the first round. Still do have Houston and Kansas State alive, though, so that's pretty key, I guess, but... Let's get into it. Starting off, we're going to start down in old Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where Nick Saban uh, had a press conference uh, yesterday, I believe, um, talking about stuff. I'm um, talking about Tony Mitchell, who was arrested on drug charges uh, down in Florida, not that uh, sometime last week or something. And then in his statement, he said, "There's no such thing as wrong place at wrong time." Um, pretty much putting Alabama fans in an absolute blender, um, deciding if they should ride with their head coach that they've been riding with for so long or go with the basketball program that hasn't brought them a championship yet. And then all-time move by Alabama's PR team. They got Saban out to basketball practice today to talk with the team. So they just always have something ready to go. I just find it funny. And I don't I, From the first report, it did seem like Brandon Miller was involved. The more I see it, it doesn't seem like he's involved. So it is kind of undone. It's not unfair hate, I guess, towards him at this point. Um, I do disagree with what NATO said, wrong place, wrong time. That's just not a smart comment to say. So I just find it funny that Nick Saban made sure to bring that up because Tony Mitchell, I didn't mention that yet. Tony Mitchell is suspended from the team um, until the investigation is over. They're doing a little bit more digging, I guess, into it to see what the nature of it is, stuff like that, you know. And that's kind of one thing I admire about Nick Saban. Yeah, you know, he, he's got a really good football program, but to me, he's always wanted to mold young men and to make them into better people, better for society, stuff like that. That's just kind of his motto. So, he, you know, he's just doing what, what he's been doing the whole time since he's been there. So, nothing new, really. College basketball news, quite a few. Uh, Big East head coach in Carousel, I guess. Uh, St. John's is hiring Rick Pitino. He's going to be back at the Power 6 level. He'll be there. You know, he wants to take uh, St. John's to a Final Four. I think it's probably going to be his last run. He'll probably put in a good five to ten years there, see what he can accomplish. I think, you know, he's he's always been a really good coach. I, I think he kind of got wrongfully fired from Louisville. I, I hate the stupid scandal stuff, all that stuff all the time. If nobody dies or nobody gets killed, I don't really think that it's that big of a deal, especially now that, you know, money is allowed in college sports. So I, I think it's kind of stupid, but I'm excited to see what he can do at St. John's. Then the big move, Ed Cooley leaving Providence to go to Georgetown. When you look at it, apples to apples, Georgetown probably is the better job. More likely to win a national championship there. It is kind of weird, though, him being a Providence guy leaving. Um, a lot of people a lot of people talking about it, obviously. You know, a lot of people aren't too happy with it at the same time. It's kind of a you know interconference move like that is 
pretty fucked up in a sense, but at the same time, if he's getting more money, if he thinks it's a better opportunity for himself and his career, why not do it? I, I agree with that part of it. You know, don't don't hold yourself down at one place. If you feel like you have a better place to win and succeed, you gotta you gotta do it. It's just like any job. You know, I could be with one job forever and you know, it could be my family business or something, but if something gives me a better opportunity, why why not take it? Why not pursue it? So I like the move. And then Tobin Anderson, the head coach for Fairleigh Dickinson, he is now the head coach of Iona. Uh, Rick Pitino was a former coach there. He obviously took down in the tournament the past couple of years. You know, he's been doing pretty good at Iona, obviously, to get a child at St. John's. So pretty excited for Tobin to see what he can accomplish there. It's kind of a little bit of a step up. Iona, I would say, is a better job, um, especially because where Rick Pitino had left them at. And, you know, some people hate on him for, you know, leaving the program. But this is why the transfer portal is a thing. This is why NIL is a thing is because if coaches can do it, the players should be able to do it too. So it doesn't upset me too much. I, I understand it completely. And another big uh, piece of head coaching carousel drama in college basketball that I saw really right as I was finishing up my show prep, getting ready to record here, Micah Shrewsbury, head coach at Penn State, past two years. He is now going to be the head coach at Notre Dame, taking over from Mike Green as he steps down. So, you know, Mike Green's had that program in a pretty good thought the past couple, you know, however many years he was there, but they've kind of been on a downhill turn. So kind of excited to see if Shrewsbury can kind of turn them around, get them back to a prominent figure in the ACC. And by far the biggest, best piece of college basketball news that I saw is my boy Armando Baycott is returning for a fifth year. Um, he's got his COVID eligibility year still. He's going to be playing um, one more year in North Carolina. I'm excited for that. I would assume that that possibly means, you know, R.J. Davis as well as Caleb Love is coming back. So that makes me excited for you know North Carolina hopefully turn things around and take a deep run. Um, next year, hopefully, but who knows, you know, if they need, they need to figure some stuff out, kind of seems like Brady Manic might have been the guy that was kind of holding that all together, so, I don't know, I'm excited, I love watching Armando play, so one more year of him definitely ma- makes me happy, <coughs> sorry, my throat's itching there, but, World Baseball Classic um, was going on, you know, there's been some drama surrounding that, people saying that, you know, <coughs> who was it, Edwin Diaz, he got hurt, closer for the Mets, kind of been, was a big part of their team last year, he got hurt in the World Baseball Classic, and a bunch of people came out saying, like, this is stupid. Why are they playing in this? Why is he getting hurt? Same thing could have happened in spring training. I enjoy the World Baseball Classic. I wish it was at a different time, honestly, not in March, but I enjoy it. Um, but anyways, Japan and USA were playing last night for the title. Um, Japan was up 3-2, two outs in the ninth. Mike Trout steps up to bat. You know, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, they don't get to play a lot of postseason baseball playing for the Angels. So the fact that they got the chance to face off against each other, for the World Baseball Classic Championship, of all things, was pretty cool. Um, Otani's, um, I think he got to a 2-2 count, um, <clears throat> and then he threw it, threw another fastball or something like that. He was clocking like 101 miles per hour on damn near every pitch, it seemed like. Throwing unreal heat, um, but strikes him out. That was only the 24th time in Mike Trout's career of 6,000 plate appearances that he struck out on three pitches where he was swinging. Three, three swinging strikes, I think is what they call it or whatever. Only the 24th time, so that's quite crazy for it to end like that. But cool to see those guys playing. Shout out to Japan, man. I mean, Shohei kind of carried that team, but they got the job done. They they, they they won the whole thing. You know, they can't discredit them at all. A lot of people were talking about the U.S., you know, not really having a solid pitching staff. So hopefully, you know, they get that figured out because it is going to be coming back in 2026. I think there's going to be a lot more hype around it based off of what was happening this year. I mean, on a, on a global level, it was getting tons and tons of views. Um, just in the U.S., everyone you know is watching March Madness, so it kind of hampered it there. But I, I definitely wish it was at a different time so that we could enjoy it more and not watch it during March Madness, of all things, you know. Um, 
little bit of other fun news here. Uh, Larza Pippen, I believe is how you say her name, former wife of Scotty Pippen, who is now dating Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan. Um, she came out and said that she was having sex four times a day for 23 years straight. So she was just absolutely getting her pussy pounded. So that's absolutely wild. I don't even know how that's possible. How can you have sex that many times in a day for so long? Like, it's unreal. Like, is she just coming four times or was, you know, were they actually having sex four times? I just, either way, it's a complete mind clusterfuck of it. Absolutely. It makes me so confused on how that's even humanly possible because it just sounds like way too much work. I'm calling me lazy in the bedroom. I don't care. I don't think I could be doing it four times a week every day for 23 years straight. That sounds kind of god-awful miserable. But whatever. Shout out to her, I guess. This rapper 6 9 was uh, jumped out of local gym. You know, he snitched not that long ago when he was uh, getting his court case. He he was a, everyone labeled him as a snitch. So then thereafter, when he was at this gym, you know, these people are beating him up for basically being a snitch. But it's like, did you have all that money in the world? Why would you not just work out at home? Why would you go to a gym and risk anyone seeing you, anyone finding you up without security? Absolutely weird move, in my opinion. But that's that's about all the crazy drama. A little bit of NFL talk here, a little bit of NFL free agency. Local brothels in Las Vegas are offering up free sex for life for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't really know what's going on there. It sounds like there's some drama with the contract or something, but Jimmy G, obviously a notorious horny guy, good-looking guy as well, um, dated a porn star not that long ago. So this is uh, Vegas's way of making sure he comes and sticks around and also you know gets his nuts off. That's all you got to do. Okay, Jimmy G, it's that easy, I guess. Now a little bit of NFL free agency talk here. A couple moves that I enjoyed that tickled my interest. McCole Hardman is signing with the Jets. Um, get another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. I don't really know what the holdup on that on that trade is at this time. Um, seems like some things are holding up. Not exactly sure what it is, but they just don't seem to be able to figure it out and get get the deal done. Um, Jets want uh, the Packers want the Packers, not the Packers. The Packers want two first round picks. Jets seem reluctant to give that up. I don't really know why. I bet Aaron Rodgers sticks around for two years, so I, I don't see why that should be a big deal to them. I think it should be easy, but that just seems to be a holdup on that. Cowboys made quite a few moves. They uh, re-signed Dante Fowler. Um, they also brought in Ronald Jones, who was formerly with the Buccaneers, to kind of be that two-back. Now that Tony Pollard is going to be their future back, and since they got rid of Zeke, um, should be a, a decent combo, I think, you know. Uh, Ronald more of a running back, more of a running first back, I guess, and Pollard more of a do it all kind of back. So, kind of give him opportunity to catch a break here and there. And then they also traded for Brandon Cooks, who was with the Texans. Um, he'll he'll be part of the Cowboys now. Add more weapons on offense. I mean, I don't think it matters. The Cowboys are always going to be trash with Dak Prescott as your quarterback. Just my opinion, just my thoughts. Don't get hurt by Cowboys fans. But that's about it there. Laramie Tunzel, he uh, got a big deal with the Texans. You know, resigned a. Pretty massive contract. He's going to be sticking around for a couple more years there. Um, he negotiated both those deals by himself that he got the past two times, you know, resetting the market up for offensive linemen. So shout out to him for getting getting that done for himself and also for other left tackles in the league. Um, by far the biggest left tackle news, though, has to be Orlando Brown Jr., formerly with the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl with them last year, is now going to be the starting left tackle for the Bengals. Signed a three- or four-year deal with them. Um, better pass protection for Joe Burrow, obviously, you know, the Bengals, I feel like if they could get their offensive line figured out, then they would easily win a Super Bowl. I mean, that just seems to constantly be their their biggest factor and their biggest struggle in uh, winning games. Is always Joe Burrow's always under pressure. I know Warren Sharp tweeted something out um, about you know when Burrow has time to throw, he's pretty much 
the best quarterback in the NFL. When he doesn't have time to throw, that's really when the Bengals get destroyed. So really big move for them, help anchor their offensive line, get one of the best guys there is at the position in the NFL. So I really like that move for the Bengals. Tate Hightower is retiring from football. You know, he was a very big and integral piece into the Patriots' last couple Super Bowls a few years back. You know, starting the middle linebacker, had a really good 11-year career, but he decided to call it quits. So hope that he uh, figures out what he wants to do with his life, man. It's, uh, I'm sure it's tough after football, but the guy definitely had an amazing career with the Patriots. Cam Newton, he was throwing at Auburn's Pro Day. Um, he came out and made a social media post saying that there ain't 32 motherfuckers that are better than him in the NFL. I care to disagree. I mean, I feel like there's at least 20. I mean, the other 32, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it comes down to what kind of money Cam Newton's asking for. I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the league. I think he still has that potential. But at the same time, I think it really comes down to what kind of money he's looking for, um, what where a franchise is at necessarily, too. You know, there's a lot of factors into a quarterback. You know, you have to feel confident in their abilities and that they can take you far or you know if you're looking for a rebuilding year maybe he could really fit in somewhere like that but i just it's quarterback market it's a it's a it's not a very frugal one for guys that haven't seen to produce and that they're not in the position to necessarily do the best in the business and lead their team to a super bowl you know it kind of gets hard to find them a home i guess <clears throat> cj gardner johnson formerly with the Eagles last year he's not going to be a detroit lion and they're probably anchoring up their secondary. I think that's a good move for the Lions. They're just continuing to add pieces on defense and offense. Um, I think they're going to be a dark horse to win the NFC North next year, honestly. You know, with Aaron Rodgers being gone now, I think the Lions are probably, in my opinion, in the best prime position to possibly take that division. I do like the Vikings and what the Bears possibly could do, but I think, I think next year the Lions might win the NFC North. Adam Thielen, formerly with the Vikings, he's uh, signed with the Panthers last week. About a three-year deal, and he believes they can win a Super Bowl. I don't see it. I mean, I don't really enjoy what they have on offense. I think their defense has a ton of talent, but I think they still got to figure out the quarterback position, obviously. But other than that, I don't really like too much of what they have. But I, I do see the possibility to be a decent playoff team maybe in a couple of years. But I don't know. I think next year is really going to be the Bucks and the Saints in that division. But that's all the NFL free agency news. Um, last little piece of news here before I move to my top five. Um, former Donald, former President Donald Trump was supposedly supposed to be arrested um, on Tuesday. Um, still hasn't been arrested. Not exactly sure what's happening with that situation. Obviously, sparked a lot of things on the internet. A lot of people talking about it. You know, um, Chris Brock even came out and said something like, "If if he wins, uh, if he gets arrested, he'll more likely win the presidential election um, come 2024." A lot of people were like, "What?" No, you know, talking about that making a big fuss about it. But I ultimately, I know a lot of other people have said this as well. Chris Rock was just really the one that I, that I saw first and it stuck out to me. But I really do agree with that statement. I mean, I'm going to be upfront and honest. I voted for Trump in 2020. If there was another presidential election, I probably would vote for him next time. But if he were to get arrested and, you know, they're false charges and they're not credible and it's kind of just a publicity stunt almost in a sense, um, to me, it makes it seem like our government, which I already know is corrupt, but it just proves the point that they're corrupt. They're not fair people or justified people. They're kind of just doing it for more of a publicity stunt and to make it seem like he's this horrible person, which who knows he might be. But at the same time, if you're going to bring false charges and they're not actually credible and stuff like that, it's just going to spark a lot of people to ultimately realize that our political system is fucked. Like it already, I believe that it already is. It's already in a horrible situation. But ultimately, if it comes down to it, people see, you know, this one-sided Biden administration pushing for Trump to get arrested. 
and on false charges or whatever the case may be, it's just going to make a lot of people not have faith in our government, think that Trump is probably the right guy for the job and that he's trying to under, he's not trying to undermine, he's trying to blow up the, the political schemes and all the corruption that's going on within the government. You know, to me, this just creates a bad look. And ultimately, uh, personally for me, I, w- I wouldn't vote for Biden or Trump in 2024. I would hate to see those two be the candidates. I think that it's time that we move somewhere else. We get someone younger in there. I'm tired of these 60-year-old men that are older in our political system or women or whatever the case may be. I think we need to get younger. I think I, ultimately I'm just to, – to move our country forward, we need to have someone who is younger, who understands where the world is going at this point and can kind of hopefully bring people together. I do not think that's Joe Biden. I definitely do not think that's Donald Trump. But if those are the two candidates and you have these false charges against – you know. Donald Trump that make it look like he's this horrible person when in reality you didn't have anything against him. It's ultimately going to lead people to vote for him. So in my in my mind, it's a stupid move in that regard. So I, I just I can't even understand why you would do it. But I'm just tired of I don't think Biden's fit to run office. I think he probably needs to be put in the old folks home. And that's just because he looks like he is continuously lost. He's continuously slurring over his words like he just does not make any sense. I'm tired of the uproar that Donald Trump's name brings to this country. It's getting ridiculous at this point. I just think we need someone better. And I just don't want to see this play out in a stupid way to where we just keep pushing our country farther and farther apart. I just would like a new candidate, someone who can bring people together, someone who just isn't polarizing and someone who is all around just cares about the American people. And I, I don't know, maybe... You know, a lot of people think Trump thinks that and a lot of people think Biden thinks that. But at this point, for me, I'm just ready for something new. I'm tired of old men being in control of our country that have no idea what it's like to be 30 or 40 years old even anymore. I think we need someone in the 50-year-old range or even younger. Like, it's just to bring this country forward, we need someone who has the good traditional American values and wants to see this country succeed. And it's not those two guys. Point blank period. End of story. But whatever, done with my little politics for the day. That's all I really had. <clears throat> now we're moving on. My top five. My top five greatest sporting events. In my opinion, so this is just my opinion. Don't get all riled up in the comments. Don't get real upset. But my number one college football, regular season college football playoff. I think that once the college football playoff comes in, it's actually going to be a lot better than people think it is. And I think it's going to be the best sporting event there is. I, I've been clamoring and crying for a playoff since I was like the age of six. I've always thought it was stupid that we've only had two teams. I've always thought it was stupid when we moved to four teams. It's just never made sense to me. I don't really care about the competition or, yes, I know the SEC is better, but why not ultimately always figure out who the two best teams are with a 12-team playoff? I think that that's the best thing there is, the best thing for college football. So my number one greatest sporting event has to be college football playoff in the future, but college football regular season, college football in general. That's just It's just a great sporting event. My number two, obviously, March Madness. It's the greatest tournament there is. Everything about March Madness is awesome. I mean, look at this past weekend, how fun it was. Sweet 16 is going to be unreal. Just March is just one of the best times of the year. Constant college basketball, constant upsets, all that stuff. So I'm just so excited to see what's going to play out the next couple of weeks. That's just my number two favorite, greatest sporting event there is. Number three, Super Bowl. Maybe for a lot of the people, this is higher, but to me, I've never, I haven't always been that big of an NFL fan. I've always preferred college football over the NFL, but the Super Bowl is always a great spectacle. It's always a fun, it's usually a fun game. It's, I mean, it's not very often we have a blowout. I mean, there was what the last, the last blowout. I don't even remember what that one was. 
But usually it's a good game. You know, it's always fun. You know, the level of competition is usually there. It's always a good game. So that's my third greatest sporting event. Number four, the NBA Finals. I've always, I've enjoyed the, I feel like if I was making this podcast when LeBron James was going on his, you know, this is LeBron James versus the Warriors, basically. I don't think that I would love the NBA Finals as much. Where it is now, it seems like we've had different teams in there every year for what, like the past four, maybe five years? Well, we had Warriors won last year, Bucks won the year before, Lakers won the fake championship, Raptors won the year before. So, past four years, we've had different teams in there pretty much every year. So, I, I really enjoy that now. I like seeing different teams. I mean, it got really boring and nuanced when it was just the Warriors and LeBron. I, I never found it fun. I was tired of it. I'm over it. I'm so happy that that's really what the league isn't right now. It's just, it's funner and better, in my opinion, to see other teams competing for a championship. If you think about the Super Bowl, it's usually two different teams every year. Think about the World Series, it's usually two teams every year. NHL playoffs, usually two different teams every year. I just prefer, I prefer that format. So, my number five greatest sporting event is the World Baseball Classic. I just, I really do enjoy it. I enjoyed watching the games the past week and a half or whatever it's been. It's just fun. I like seeing that competition. It's it's better than MLB regular season World Series playoffs. I, I hate, but the thing that sucks for me for baseball is the World Series is kind of in a shitty time. It's around October when really, to me, I'm getting more invested into college football and the NFL at that point, and then the World Baseball Classic is going on during March Madness. I think baseball has a horrible time at marketing. It's not really the game that it used to be anymore, but the World Baseball Classic gets more eyes globally than what the World Series does. So that's why it's my number five greatest sporting event in the world. So that's my top five for this week. One love, one hate, maybe no hate this week. Like I said, I'm probably not going to be doing any hating for a while. Um, My love this week is Zins. I love nicotine. I love Zins. Zins just bring me everyday joy. Um, I'm, a, I'm an addict. I just know that as my as a person, I'm addicted to many things in life. And Zins is one of them. And I love them. And they make me happy. And I'm going to put one in right now. So Zins, if you're seeing this, please sponsor the pod. Maybe I should just, I'll just clip this out and send it to them. You know, just be like, hey, give me a sponsorship. I don't think you can actually sponsor. I don't think nicotine products can actually be a, used as a sponsorship. I don't think you're technically supposed to promote them. I'll reach out to Zins and see what the deal is. See if I can get something working. Why not, dude? I just shouted them out on the podcast. I'll clip it out maybe even. I don't know. Probably not because I've just been rambling about nonsense and stuff that doesn't make any sense basically. But I love Zins. They're probably my, they're just one of my favorite things every day. You know, it's like water for me. I need it. It's like crack cocaine for me. I need it. So, but that's it for that. Let's move in to some college basketball sweet 16 talk. Do I go over the trends? I think I should go over the trends. 100% of national champions since 1993, have made their conference semifinals. Let's take a look at who those teams are. UCLA, Creighton, UConn, Xavier, Miami, Houston, Texas, Alabama, Gonzaga, obviously FAU, San Diego State, um, Princeton, you know, all those mid-major teams that won their conference as well. You know, they, they're obviously fit into that tier right now, so that still would bring us to what? Those do-do-do-do. 12 teams right now that made their conference semifinals that are still rocking in the tournament. So odds are ever in their favor. And since 2002, the Ken Palm stat, top 40 offense, top 22 defense. I broke that down here um, as we move into the Sweet 16. UConn, Houston, Texas, Alabama, Creighton, UCLA. Um, those six teams fit into the, the Ken Palm 
rule of champions, I guess is what we should call it. But, you know, also those teams fall into the, a lot of those teams fall into the top 12 in week six poll. That's UConn, Alabama, Houston, Tennessee, Texas, and Arkansas. Tennessee and Arkansas obviously aren't on the top 40 offense, but they both do play phenomenal defense. Tennessee's second or third best in the country coming into the tournament. Arkansas has been, you know, in that top 15, top 20 range all year as well. They, they, I mean, they showed that against Kansas, obviously. So that's about that one. You know, three-point shooting percentage, you know, the real best teams left in tournament that can shoot the three. Um, Xavier, Michigan State, Gonze, FAU, and Miami, all those teams can really shoot the ball. So be interested to see how they do, you know, this weekend, see if they keep pursuing on. Um, but, yeah, that's really all the trends that are still kind of sticking around, you know. Um, I hope you listened to my little mini-pod about the games on Saturday morning. I stayed up all fucking night to do that. I literally watched the last game on Friday night. I got done about one, about 12.30, actually, 12.30 my time. Um, then watched Burt Kreischer's comedy show. I was going to start doing the show prep, but the wife wanted to watch that. I was like, I have to watch this. I got to be fully invested. Unreal, go check it out. I'm trying to get Burt on the podcast, too. So that would be my, that's one of my dream interviews. Probably won't happen until I'm like famous, hopefully someday, who knows. But I would love to interview him. Yeah, anyways, off topic. But I stayed up all night to do that. You know, then I did my show prep. I was up till about six. Well, I was about seven in the morning. You know, I recorded around five thirty-six, somewhere around there. You know, busted it out, edited it, posted it. So it was a lot of work for me, and probably only four people listened to it. So gotta respect the hustle. Gotta respect the grind, at least. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but moving on, Sweet Sixteen, starting in the South Region, Alabama, San Diego State. I picked San Diego State to win this game um, when I built my bracket out. I love what San Diego State does defensively. Um, they, they hold teams to very few points. You know, Brandon Miller's still not feeling his game. I mean, he looked better on Saturday, but still not feeling his game. Could be a huge, huge issue there for Alabama. The biggest concern for me in this matchup is the size difference. You know, Alabama has a 6'10 power forward and like a 7-footer, a 7'1 center. Um, I can't remember their names right now, but those guys, you know, very, very good down low. They showed that against uh, Maryland. Um and San Diego State just doesn't have the, the size to match up with that. But, I mean, they're very they're very guard-heavy, but they're very athletic, and they do play the best defense in the country. It's not like this is the first time they've, they've had a team that's bigger than them. I still do like San Diego State to win this game. I just think that their defense is really that good. And I, their schedule's been easier this year, so I don't feel like they, they have as much tread on their tires. So I'm still sticking with San Diego State to win this game. Creighton and Princeton. What an unreal run for Princeton, man. They've just been playing unreal basketball. They beat the living shit out of Mizzou. Did not see that coming whatsoever, but they got the job done when it came to that one. Um, Creighton beat up on Baylor. You know, Creighton, they fit into that top 40 offense, top 22 defense. They've been playing unreal. Kalk Brenner, he's just a stud down low. I don't think Princeton's going to be able to stop him. You know, I think because Creighton does play such good defense, I think they're going to be able to slow down Princeton on, on the threes and the offensive boards as well. Princeton seemed to get a lot of those second-chance opportunities against Mizzou. Um, it's been a fun run for Princeton. It's been an unreal story, but I think it comes to an end. Sets up a San Diego State versus Creighton Elite Eight matchup that I, I can't wait for. I hope that happens. I think that would be a fun one, too. Lower-level teams with the chance to go to the Final Four would be quite the experience. Quite awesome, in my opinion. <clears throat> but I'm not giving up. Should I give up? Maybe I'll give out my, my new Final Four prediction after this and clip it out just so I can get, get the haters talking again. East region. Tennessee, FAU, FAU, um, whether FAU won this game or Fairleigh Dickinson won this game, they're both going to run into a huge problem, size difference. Two of the smallest teams in the country, the FAU comes in very small. Um, Tennessee, obviously one of the best defensive teams in the country. They destroyed Duke last weekend. 
um, based off of their defense and just their ability of what they can do defensively. Offense isn't always there, but at times it is. Um, I, I think Tennessee wins this game pretty easily. I just think the size difference and what Tennessee does defensively and, you know, karma comes around for that stupendous um, dunk at the end of the game attempt by FAU. I didn't necessarily hate it. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but at the same time, I think karma always comes around and finds a way to bite you in the ass. Kansas State, Michigan State. Um, I don't know how Michigan State is favored in this game. I really don't. If you watch what Kansas State has done all year, if you watch what they did against Kentucky, I still think they're going to win this national championship. I really do. And for Michigan State to be favored, I understand they're playing good basketball. I understand that Tom Izzo is one of the best coaches you know of all time. You know, probably top ten, top fifteen at a minimum. He's been an unreal coach. You know, Joey Hauser, whole guard. The team's good, tons of talent. But Marquise Noel is going back home to New York. He hasn't been. He's a New York resident. Hasn't been home in three years. Just been focused on basketball since he's been at Kansas State. What he did against Kentucky, he's going to do again. He's back home. He's going to be in the garden. He's going to be feeling himself. Kansas State has a ton of weapons. They're really good defensively. They're going to slow Michigan down, Michigan State down on shooting the three. I just think that all around they're going to dominate this game. Kansas State should come out on top. Like I said, they're not favored, so fucking hammer that money line. The first game um, today, this is technically Thursday when you're listening to this if you are. So hammer the Kansas State money line. I think Kansas State, it's gonna they're going to beat up on Michigan State. It's going to be a fucking bloodbath. It's going to be an unreal game, but rock, rocking Kansas State, they still are my pick to win it all. They just are. Midwest region, probably you know one of my favorite Sweet 16 matchups is this Houston-Miami game. Miami, obviously one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Houston, you know, really good offensively, really good defensively. Isaiah Wong, Marcus Sasser, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Isaiah struggled you know, um, in the round of 64, but kind of was finding his groove in the round of 32 against Indiana. Miami was really looking good in that game. I really, I really do love this game. I think it's going to be a really good one. I do think, however, Houston's going to win. I just think that their their ability defensively is going to outweigh Miami. And, you know, Miami doesn't play very good defense. And Houston has a lot of guys that can score. They do have a ton of talent and depth. I just think that they're, going to, they're not going to cruise in this one, but I think it's going to be really close. But I think Houston, Houston comes out on top and advances to the Elite Eight. To set up a matchup, you can see either Texas or Xavier. Texas played Colgate. Colgate came in the tournament, best three-point shooting team in the country. Texas played Penn State, who was super hot against Texas A&M, also one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country. Xavier comes in as one of the, the best remaining team in the country at three-point shooting. They just are. That's just the facts. That's just the stat. Texas has won both those games. Nothing is going to change. Texas is too deep, is too good defensively, and is they're decent enough offensively to win this game. Texas is just – I saw it against Colgate, and then I saw it again against Penn State. I mean, that game got scary when that guy hit that three for the N1 to cut the lead to three. That was a little scary. But I think that Texas is just the better team in this matchup. Their vet, veterans that they have, their, their depth, and their ability defensively, Texas wins this game, advances on to the lead eight matchup against Houston. Houston. Whoa. Last region here, UConn, Arkansas. UConn beat the ever-living shit out of St. Mary's. It was close. Then UConn really, really pulled away. Um, they were looking really good. Hawkins, you know, he can score the ball. If he's not scoring, though, that's where they seem to lose. I know they got Sonoga down low. Um, I don't know if that's going to be too big of a factor in this game. Arkansas does have the size and depth to, you know, slow him down at least. And they do have the guard play. I think that's really the key in this game is I really like Arkansas's depth. I think that where they are at as a team, and I, I just prefer Eric Musselman as a coach. 
Nothing against Hurley. I just really like what Musselman can do. I love when he took his fucking shirt off. You know, I'm a boy that's up. Fucking take the tops off. You know what I mean? I just pulled up my titties because that is just take the tops off when you celebrate big things in life. You just got to do it sometimes. So to me, I really think that Eric Musselman and the Razorbacks are going to get the job done. They're going to advance on to the lead eight. UCLA-Gonzaga rematch of the Fame Final Four game from a couple of years ago where Jalen Suggs hit that buzzer beater winner. Tiger Campbell, Hami Hawkins were obviously playing in that game. Drew Timmy was obviously playing in that game. Um, I really, really am excited for this game. It probably is my favorite matchup out of all the Sweet 16 games. I think it's going to be a headbanger. It's just going to be an all-around great game. And I'm, I'm really leaning towards Gonzaga. You know, Timmy, he really wants another shot at the Final Four. He really wants to go another title run. I really like what this Gonzaga team can do. And I, I think without without Clark down low, I just don't see how UCLA keeps themselves in this game. I just think Gonzaga is on a mission right now. They've been kind of floating under the radar. I, I think that the Zags will advance on to the Elite Eight. So then, you know, that sets up my Elite Eight. We got San Diego State, Creighton. Um, I'm going to put... I really like Creighton. I think Creighton's going to make a Final Four run possibly. I think they could even beat Bama if Bama wins. Um, obviously, I get get past Princeton first, but I'm going to put Creighton in my Final Four. And then in the East region, I have Kansas State beating Tennessee. I just They're still my pick to win it all. So Kansas State moving on. And then we'd have a Houston-Texas matchup. I'm still leaning Houston right now. I think I think Houston's still going to find a way to make it back home for the Final Four. And then I really like Arkansas to beat Gonzaga and advance on to the Final Four. So that sets up my new Final Four. We got Creighton versus Kansas State. Houston versus Arkansas. Unreal Final Four right there. I think we're going to see a Kansas State-Houston matchup for the national title, and Kansas State wins it all. That's my pick. That's my show. Appreciate you for listening. I appreciate any love you show me. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever social media you have. I appreciate the follows. If you don't, send to a friend. You know, help me spread the word about my podcast if you enjoy it. You know, I could. I if if you want to show some love, spread the love. Repost it. Repost on your Instagram stories. Retweet my Twitters. Whatever you got to do. Help me spread the word if you really enjoy me. But if you do, I appreciate you listening. But for now, oh, one more thing. I love you. But for now, your boy titties. Peace out.